0: it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If, 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 if your
1: blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, blue this, this, this is the pod, is for you. pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard.
0: Let's get to it, New York.
1: So, the Knicks and Bulls are back at it again in Chicago. New York won a thriller in overtime Wednesday, thanks to the heroics of Jalen Brunson. When you look at this matchup, Tommy, now that we've gotten a good taste of what the Bulls are, how they match up with the Knicks, what are some of the key details you're looking at in this matchup um, Friday night?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, let's start with Brunson again. Obviously, he was the hero from Wednesday night. Um, incredibly, he's not even on the injury report, um, yes. so you, you know obviously he's going to suit up again, um, which is remarkable considering where he was just you know 24 to 48 hours ago as of Monday Tuesday. Um, certainly mm-hmm. looked like there was a uh, a probable, if not a uh, you know if not uh, a very good chance that he was going to miss at least one game. Um, so he'll suit up again Friday night. Um, you know, does he show any signs of, 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 fatigue? Um, you know, again, him, Randall played 46 minutes, Barrett played, uh, he actually actually only logged 34, but, um, yeah, those fouls right, right, on the right.
1: uh, Rosen kept him in foul yep. trouble.
2: Still yeah, locked 34
1: uh, minutes in regulation, but right,
2: right, right. Um, uh, and before, yeah, he obviously fouled out. Brunson logged that 39. So, um, again, uh, you know, the, the Bulls same issue, uh, Levine 41, Vucevic 41, uh, Pat Williams 40, uh, Rose DeRozan 40. So, um, can the Knicks, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a, a battle of of wills, um, see which see which team shows up fresh. Um, And then uh, if there are any coaching adjustments, Tibbs has not been great with the X's and O's. Um, We saw how the offense stagnated in the fourth quarter um, on, on Wednesday night. It'll be interesting to see if they kind of run some more sets, maybe get Mitch Rob some lobs at the rim. Said Grimes up. That's what I've been asking for is Grimes more field goal attempts. Um, will IQ play a little, a few more minutes off the bench than he might n- normally. Um, same for McBride. Um, and uh, you know, even though it's Tibbs basically went with a with an eight man rotation Wednesday night. Um, yeah. it, they hadn't played since Sunday, so it made some sense in some respects. Um, and despite the fact that it went to overtime. The only player, uh, uh, the, the ninth guy in the rotation, Sims, only played eight minutes. McBride played fewer than 14 minutes. So um, I'll be interested to see if he kind of gives the, his starters a little more rest tonight and and runs because uh, they're, they're playing against Sunday. They'll be back in the garden. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if Tibbs gives his reserves a little more playing time tonight uh, or Friday. Yeah.
1: yeah, I do feel like that is going to be something to watch because when you look at Randall, who has been – Say what you want about him. He's pretty much been an Iron Man for the Knicks since he's got here. I mean, he he plays a lot of minutes. He's relatively healthy, so him logging forty six minutes was huge because he had a really good game outside of the stagnation that happened late in the fourth quarter and and, and he kind of was much of a factor in overtime. He's playing great recently. So how they spell him? Does Jericho Sims get more time? Will be interesting. I don't expect tips to expand beyond the nine man rotation at all, right. but I do think that some of those guys that or coming off the bench, Uh, as you mentioned, uh, McBride and Sims, I think you'll see those guys play a lot more. You can see Isaiah Harden sign maybe log some more minutes as well. That, I think, will be something to look at. I'm also looking at in terms of what the Knicks need to do to secure this sweep. One of the main things will have to be keeping Chicago off the free throw line. And when I say Chicago, I really only mean one man, and that's DeMar DeRozan. That game against uh, the Knicks on Wednesday, he had 17 free throw attempts, 16 made free throws. And him getting be able to being able to get at the line and, and, and not you know knock down those free throws, I felt really kept Chicago afloat, especially during times where their offense was struggling. And there were times in that game, I thought, especially in the uh in the first quarter and the second quarter and that first half really that the Knicks really were under they had the Chicago's offense under control. And the Rosen being able to stay, keep getting to the line, uh keep attacking, I think it sometimes kind of kept the Knicks kind of know on their toes a little bit and then it didn't allow rj to really get into the maybe the rhythm that he wanted even though he had a really good game uh that's the game that normally rj plays at that point playing overtime and playing more minutes without foul trouble you expect he plays over 40 minutes he probably has a 30 burger so that might have been three guys with 30 points in that kind of game and knowing that you're going to be playing a nightmare rotation knowing you guys might be a little tired you can't afford to get into foul trouble so uh, demar de rosen and keeping them off the free throw line i think it's going to be crucial tonight I'm also very interested to see what Zach Levine is going to do tonight because I thought that he looked like a player who did not have his legs in the first half of that game. It was odd considering how athletic he normally is and the kind of explosive player that he normally is and how he, he has killed the Knicks in the past. He just didn't look like that kind of guy for about two and a half quarters. You really started to see him pick it up in the second uh, second half, third quarter, definitely in the fourth quarter where he started to look more like the old Zach Levine. You even heard Breen say, there's that Zach Levine athleticism at one point during one of those drives. So there's that burst. So you start to wonder, does he feel a little more confident? You know, it's kind of like a hitter who maybe, you know, started, you know, 0 for 4, but in an extra inning game, knocked two hits uh, to kind of of end his night at 2 for 6. And now you kind of come into that next game You say, okay, feel good. Started seeing some pitches. Does Zach Levine come in a little more confident in his offensive game as he kind of comes back from his knee injury that he's been dealing with? Those I think are going to be two key pieces uh, of this of this matchup.
2: Yeah, uh, one quick thing I said the the Knicks are back home Sunday. They're actually in Indiana to finish out this little quick Midwest right. road swing. Um, they play Indiana Sunday night at five. Um, then they're back home, host the Warriors, who will be without Steph Curry. Um, it should be noted the struggling Warriors, who I think are like two and nine on the road or two and ten, something like that. Um, uh, so, but the, the Knicks, so the Knicks play Sunday, then a back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, the Warriors and the Raptors, then they host the Bulls again, uh, this time at the guard on Friday and then uh, have the Sixers on on um, Christmas Day at noon. So, you know, they got five, you know, basically five games in seven days, one of those types of stretches, um, not more than a day or two off in between. Um so, again, you know, to, you know, will Tibbs rely more on his veterans? One player I would like to see, I, I agree, I don't think he's going to go beyond the nine-man rotation, um, but I think it should be noted that it would be cool to see Derrick Rose get a few minutes um, Friday yeah. night. We don't, we don't know how many more times he's going to play in Chicago. Um, you know, in his, his storied career, he's a he's a you know just a, a a hero in the Windy City. So it would be cool to see him get some flowers, um, even if just for like a six minute four minute stretch somewhere in the, in the first half. Um, again, I don't think it'll happen, but this way you you'd, you'd give Rose uh, some respect, let him get some some accolades, and also give Brunson a few minutes off. Maybe that's something that Tibbs might think about tonight.
1: Yeah, and I also wonder if this game gets out of hand. I know Tibbs is typically not gone to some of the more veteran guys in those garbage time moments. Uh, Cam, Fournier, and Rose have not played even when the Knicks have had big leads. And They've had big leads in a lot of these wins. They've blown out a couple of these teams. But yeah. he's gone to Sweet street McKay, Luke and other guys to kind of end those games. I wonder in a game like t- uh, uh, Friday night if Rose, uh, if, the, if the Knicks get big, hopefully. Um, well, but it, unfortunately, maybe if they go down big, and you're talking about maybe the last – five or 10 minutes of a game that is out of hand, do you see tips say, okay, let's get Derrick Rose out there, let him get his standing ovation, play a couple minutes, and maybe bring him back out? Uh, I, I would – I certainly would love to see that. I think if I was Chicago, I would like to see them probably have some kind of video package ready too, knowing yeah. the situation. There's a chance that he may not get on the court, and this could be his last time in Chicago. So why not have a package ready to play, you know, in the first time out in the first quarter or first time out in the second quarter so you know – that regardless of what happens on the court he will certainly get the the, the flowers that he deserves for sure so definitely something to look at in this game as well so the knicks are playing this two game series it's kind of a baseball style deal that the nba has been doing for the past few years it's a way they feel like to cut down on travel by having a team go on the road and play in the same place twice especially if it's a place they have to come back to uh normally during later part of the season do you like these baseball style two game series
2: uh yeah I I think it's interesting I you know I think once we have a little more feel of it after a couple years assuming they they keep it in place um because I I do like the idea of it you know kind of has that play uh, that that baseball series but also a playoff series where you play yeah games back to back you know in in the same city um you kind of get to know the 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 ins and outs of a team a little bit better you know you can prepare for them you know this is the you know the Knicks Played Sunday and then they, you know, they they had a couple days off. Played the Bulls Wednesday. We'll play the Bulls against Friday. So basically, four days for for Tibbs and the coaching staff to focus on one opponent. So um, yeah, it'll kind of be interesting to see how the uh, both, you know, both coaches kind of match X's and O's. And Long Island's own Billy Donovan, um, you know, (laughs) uh, has been a a a quality coach in the league for a while. So um, we'll see who gets the better of that matchup.
1: Yeah, I think that the fact that you have to see coaches. Coach, like it is the playoffs and you have to have adjustments, adjustments from game to game. And you start to get a a real scouting report on how these teams play you. And you kind of zero in. Like one of the things you hear about in terms of an NBA schedule is, you know, one of the major differences in the playoffs is, you know, you're traveling from city to city. uh, You're giving out the scouting report, but you can't really sit down and, and hone in on a certain player, or a certain team the way you normally would. And these guys are getting their scouting reports. They're reading them, but like they're, you know, they're exhausted. They've been traveling all over the country. They're not Focused and zeroed in the way they normally would be in the playoffs. I think with something like this, while it's not a playoff series, obviously, the only team they have to worry about right now for the last, you know, four days has been the Chicago Bulls. So you would assume that both of these teams are going to be very locked into the scouting report. Now you have a game that you've played to now adjust to. So I, I really like the, the, the playoffs, uh, this kind of baseball style two game series. NBA playoff style series that they've been doing. I actually think they should go a step further. I think that the NBA is missing an opportunity to build these games as rivalry weeks for um, certain markets. So my thing is, how great would it be if you decided we're going to let the Knicks and Nets just go at it for four games in one week? Like the Knicks play the first two at Mad Square Garden on a maybe a Sunday afternoon on ABC and then a Tuesday night. And then the rest of the series, you go Thursday, you go to Barclays, Saturday, you're at Barclays. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? What about if Staples Center was taken over for a week with the Lakers and Clippers? I think there are so many opportunities where they could have a lot of fun with this. And some of these cities have two teams, or some of these uh, long standing rivalries. Maybe it's a Knicks Heat deal where the Knicks and Heat are playing for a week. Like, there are a lot of opportunities I see here. I- I've loved this change, and I think that they could even go a step further. Uh, with with that, what do you think about the idea of creating like a rivalry
2: week with some of these teams? Yeah, I like it. I like the idea. I like of it, you know, generating a little more interest, a little more buzz. I guess the only down potential downside would be. Uh, if Durant's injured or if one of the stars right. is injured, you know, you, you, you that kind of, you know, you you're playing a team, um, you know, but that could go both ways, you know. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily benefit one team or the other, um, but, but yeah, I agree. Anything to kind of spice up. I think the regular season becomes a bit monotonous, um, even for diehard fans. So anything to kind of spice it up. Um, it sounds like we'll have a pre a midseason tournament as early as next season. Yes. Um, kind of a soccer-style tournament, so I'm interested to see see how that, um, how, how that kind of plays out. I'm a little bit skeptical, but again, I'm always open to trying, um, you know, different things, seeing what works. Uh, you know, to his credit, Adam Silver has been open um, to different ideas and, and different schools of thought when it comes to um, mitigating travel and back. You know, and in cre- because the players not playing in back-to-backs definitely has been an issue. Um, we saw it last night. Um, you know, when, 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 te- when, you know, when you on, especially in the national television games, if you get a guy, get a good team on the second night of a back to back, you can almost tell right away, the stars aren't going to play months ahead of time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, is that the NBA starting the season a couple weeks earlier and stretching it out a couple weeks later or whatever the case might be? Um, some will keep an eye on, but yeah, for that reason, it, it makes sense to kind of keep teams, um, in the same city for a couple nights. So hopefully that'll, you know, be beneficial as well.
1: And one last thing on uh, on this matchup, and we'll talk more about trades in this podcast episode. But we did get a closer look at Zach Levine, and one of the things we didn't mention last week was, you know, the I wouldn't call it a report, but it was kind of just a, a commentary by Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN, during one of the Knicks games. I only know it was a Knicks game; i might have just been a regular ESPN game. But uh, essentially, he talked about you know where the Knicks are and where they stand, and he said. The Knicks right now still star hunting. They're looking for who that next star will come available after they uh, fail to acquire Donovan Mitchell. He said one person that they will certainly be keeping their eye on is Zach Levine. And we watched like Zach Levine play against the Knicks just, you know, now, you know, just, you know, on Wednesday night. Do you feel like based on what you've seen from him in his career and kind of how he looks now, is that a guy that Knicks should really be uh, looking to see if he comes available? He just signed a massive extension uh, this past off season when he was a free agent.
2: I've never been a big Levine fan, um, mm. a little bit too one-dimensional. I don't know if he's a fit with Tibbs. Um, you know, obviously it all Tibbs, depends Tibbs, on – traded – people forget Tibbs traded him. Right. <laughs> traded but, him for Jennifer Jimmy Butler when he had him. Right, right, right. Butler's obviously more of a, a Tibbs-type guy. Um, yeah, I just – you know, listen, incredibly talented offensive scorer – um, you know, better shooter than I thought he'd be. You know, early in his career, really has developed it. that that three point shot makes it effortless. Um, Breen talked about on Wednesday night. Um, you know, strong wrists. I mean, just you know, he really can 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 get shots up. Um, very creative on the offensive end. The thing that worries me about him long term, though, a lot of his. Um, offensive production is relying on his athleticism. Um, Mm. If, and when he starts to slow down a little bit, listen, he's still in his twenties. He's not, you know, still in the peak of his prime. Um, So if, you know, again, if you give it to me for the right price, I'm willing, but I'm not going to give you a Donovan Mitchell type package for a guy like Levine. Um, And that's probably what the bulls are going to look like, uh, look for, um, if they do decide to break things up, they're going to look for young players, picks, um, you know, combination thereof. And I just don't know if um, if you're going star hunting and you have, you know, a hundred bucks to spend, if you want to spend 70 of it on Levine or six, you know, whatever you have allocated for that next superstar that becomes available. Levine's not that superstar. Um, so if you can add him as a piece, that makes it more likely for you to and more likely for that future superstar, um, wherever he gets dislodged from to, you know, end up in New York. I'm willing to listen to it. Um, I'm certainly willing to see what the, if the bulls want to sell him for, for 60 cents in the dollar, then I'm, uh, then then that's certainly a conversation we can have. Um, But just in, in terms of, how he kind of would fit in this rotation, fit in this lineup. Um, he's not a good fit alongside Randall, um, two you know kind of ball dominant players. Randall, Randall has already uh, you know given up a bunch of touches with Brunson in the mix, um, and then you have Grimes, who's you know kind of the starting. We talked about him Wednesday. We talked about him the last couple of weeks. He's the st- he's the shooting guard of the future for New York. Um, so I'm happy with that Brunson Grimes backcourt. I don't I don't feel the need to to make a rush for for um, uh, for Levine especially and and obviously rj barrett you could just give him a hundred yeah. million contract extension as well so um there's not a ton of minutes to go around on the wing um so levine is not a guy i'd be uh, overly excited by
1: yeah i'm not too excited with him either i, I know that even before that was uh I, I saw a lot of people looking at how things were on in chicago and saying whoa maybe zach levine will become available and to me it's kind of one he's kind of one of those examples of you know shiny object that you know is not in your possession and looks shinier, but as you get closer and closer, maybe it doesn't quite look as they appear. Maybe you know on your TV screen or in the in the in the show window. Like he he is a phenomenal athlete when he's healthy, but health can be a concern with him. He's had major injuries in the past. He has not been a number one on a playoff caliber team ever in his career. The first time Zach Levine played on a playoff caliber team, it was because they brought in DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan put on uh, a borderline MVP caliber season and Zach Lee had to take a back seat. He had a very strong season last year, but it was not as the alpha dog. So if he comes to New York, you're expecting him to be your number one, at least for now, so until you, you maybe get some other star. But Knicks have ever had problem getting more what what am I, what makes me think they're gonna be able to get two stars. So I, I don't see that. I think that if you go from having opportunity to trade for Donovan Mitchell, though I would not have made the trade that was offered, you go from the one of trading for Donovan Mitchell, a guy who's taking his team uh, you know into the playoffs he's won playoff series before against other great stars and other great teams and then you go down to Zach Levine I'm assuming the price will be not as expensive but I still think that that's a no for me no for me I, I would not uh, go for Zach Levine there but um I think it was important to know we'll see Zach Levine in action again as the Knicks take on the uh, Chicago Bulls.